Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the In The Saddle podcast. I'm Chris Loder and I'm joined by Katie Midwinter as we'll be previewing some of the main action this weekend. We'll be focusing our attentions to Haydock, Kempton and Leopardstown and also as well we'll be continuing our preview of the Irish Champions weekend at the Curra on Sunday. So plenty uh, to get our teeth stuck into but Katie how are things with you? Are you looking forward to this weekend's action? I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, this is the best Saturday of action I think we've had all of this flat season. Uh, the Leopardstown card, it looks incredible. Every race, there's some fantastic horses and matchups there. Um, so I can't wait for that. And also there's a few good races at Haydock, Kempton and even Ascot too. So there's so many fantastic horses out on, on Saturday. And also we've got the cover on Sunday to look forward to as well. So yeah, one of the best weekends of the year for me. Yeah, I can't wait uh, to see some really top-class action. I'm really looking forward to the Irish Champions stakes, and of course, we'll be get we'll be getting into that very shortly. But the first race we're going to look at then is over at Haydock, where they have arguably their feature flat meeting of the year with the uh, Haydock Sprint Cup. We'll be talking a little bit about that in a minute. But the first race we're going to look at is a 150 at Haydock. It's the best odds on the Betfair Exchange, Superior Mile Stakes. It's a Group 3. Uh, Light Infantry is your favourite at 5-2. We then got Chinda at 9-2. Zoology at 11-2. Regal Reality 9s. Busker 10s. Misty Grey 20s. Bigger are the rest. Um, Katie, I thought this looked... A little bit of a trappy opener here. Um, Light Infantry obviously has got the class um, from competing at Group 1 level, but there's a few in here that could take a scout. What did you think? I'm going to go for an old favourite of mine in Sabaska. I just think he's a really generous price at around 10 to 1. He can go well fresh. He hasn't been seen since he ran at Maidan. He was running below par a little bit there, but... I didn't think he was ever in a position to challenge. He was always towards the rear of the field. And at Maidan, the, the big field, it's difficult to get back into the race. And he just had no chance, really. So I was forgiving that completely. He's run well there in the past. But on that occasion, he just had no chance at all. This is a Group 3. He's been running against the likes of Baid, hasn't he? At Group 1 level. And he's been running well. He's a consi- consistent horse. And I just think this could be a nice opportunity for him. He's seven now. He's not getting any younger. But as I said, 10 to 1 is quite a decent price each way. Uh, I think he's got a, a good chance. Yeah. Okay. So Busker is for Katie. I can see your argument with him. Um, I thought this was a, like I say, a really trappy race. I thought Point Linus, you couldn't even rule him out either at 25 to 1. He'll like the quick round. He likes to go towards the front. The pace can often hold up um, at Haydock, especially when the ground's quick. So maybe the track could suit him. I thought maybe you could give a case to Chichester on some of his old form with Keith Dalgley. Zoology is interesting coming back, going to Harry Eustace's yard. was previously trained by James Ferguson. He's got uh, a chance um, if he can build on that decent second last time out. I just thought you could give a case to so many. I'm personally not going to have a bet in the race, but if I was pushed to give a selection, I thought um, point Linus, 25 to 1. We've got the eight runners here. If you, they did stand up. You're getting three places. I thought you might be a good each way bet to maybe sneak in the frame. So 
that was my opinion there. So that's our thoughts then on the 150 at Haydock. We're now moving on to the feature race at Haydock. Like I said, it is the Sprint uh, Cup Stakes, the Betfair Sprint Cup Stakes. Group 1 over 6 furlongs. And Shaquille is your favourite here at 10 to 11. He's odds on. We've then um, got Millstream next in the betting at 11 to 1 with Spycatcher, Sacred at 12s, St. Lawrence at 14s, Lazoo at 16s along with Regional, Believe in 20s. Bigger are the rest. Now, Katie, looking at this race, we've got 17 runners and Horser. I know he does have a lot of ones next to his name, but he's a bit short, isn't he, in a field of, of this nature where it's a sprint race. Things can go wrong. Horses can get hampered. Gaps may not appear. Um, he could be slow out of the gates like we saw at Royal Ascot, you know, and it, he might not be so lucky this time. I think you've got to take him on at the prices. Um with an each way bet what do you think i think he's definitely worth taking on each way because there's a lot of value in this field when i was looking at the price i think it was 11 to 1 uh, by the favorite and that's good each way value there uh it's really open race outside of shaquille shaquille of course if he turns up he's going to be very difficult to beat but as you said the concern for me would be he is late coming out of the stalls he is slowly away and there's so many runners in this field that it, it could be difficult to get those gaps. Uh, that would be my main concern. Um, so I wouldn't be having a bet on him at the prices, but I do think you know he is the worthy favourite, and I would like to see him go and win it really because he's he's been a revelation this season, and I think we needed someone to come out of the sprint division and really be a superstar. And he seems to be taking that mantle. So I hope he puts in a great performance. I, I hope there aren't any uh, bad luck stories in here. <laughs> There's a lot of horses in here that I've backed on plenty of occasions. Lazoo, I absolutely loved her as a juvenile. She hasn't quite fired as I expected her to this year. Uh, Believing is in there, another filly that I really like. And Spike after two, I've put him up plenty on the podcast this season. But the one that I'm drawn towards, and I'm not sure if if it's wise of me, but I'm really looking a lot at the Antarctic for Aidan O'Brien. He's around 50 to 1 best price available. He's a full brother to Batash. He hasn't shown the ability that his brother has. But he has got some useful form behind the likes of Blackbeard uh, when he was a juvenile. And... He's won a Group 3 this season, uh, but he did disappoint at Ascot when he was last seen. But in, in a race that is wide open, barring Shaquille, um, anything could happen in it. And I just wonder if the Antarctic could be able to outrun his odds and maybe finish among the extra places. So I'm going to be keeping a keen eye on him and, and his price here. But I think 50 to 1... I would be having a saver on him uh, at that price. I will also give a quick mention to a first reserve in the Happy Romance. Uh, I adore this filly, and if she gets in, then uh, I would be keen to, to have a save on her as well. But I think Shaquille will, will be the winner, um, but I think the Antarctic, he could maybe do better than his price suggests. Okay, so Shaquille for, uh, for Katie, most likely winner. But uh, yeah, a couple of others there to mention at uh, big prices. Thank God you didn't mention the one that I'm going to put up. I can't believe why he's such a big price and he's not maybe second or third favourite and is quite a bit short. And that's Run to Freedom for Henry Candy. I've got a lot of time for this horse. I've backed him on a few occasions 
over the years. Um, he was last seen finishing second in the July Cup when he was running on uh, behind Shaquille. He was sent off 28-1 to 1 that day. Arguably on ground that might not have suited him. It, there was a little bit of ease in the ground. I think he likes it a little bit quicker. If you go back through some of his form, he won a listed race on Salisbury on quick ground earlier in the season. I'm sure he's capable of taking a race of this nature. He finished second behind Kimros on Champions Day last year. We've seen Kimros come out of the July Cup and Frank the form since winning at York. So I couldn't believe he was 25 to 1. If I was pricing him up, I'd have him probably more of around about the 9 to 1, 10 to 1 kind of price. I think he probably should be second or third favourite in here. For me, Shaquille... Yes, is the most likely winner on paper. Gets the three-year-old wait for age allowance. Has been impressive uh, so far this season. But for me, if I was pricing him up, I'd have him around about maybe a six to four shot. Um, I think he's too short. And I think he could maybe potentially drift on the day. And some of these horses that we've mentioned at bigger prices could attract a bit of support. You're probably going to get five places with some firms on the day. So definitely one to uh, have a, maybe a, a few flies at. So yeah, for me, run to freedom. He, he would be my idea of a selection in the race. So that's our thoughts then on the Sprint Cup. We're now moving on to Kempton where we have the 135 it is the Unibet September Stakes it's a group three over a mile and a half only seven runners but an intriguing little contest Baybridge is your favorite five to four for Sir Michael Stout we've then got Israel next in for John and Thady Gosden at three to one Candleford for the William Haggis team at 11 to two Farfortino at 14s Max Vega 14s and Belosio is the outsider 25 to one um, Katie, it looks a little bit of a match on paper between the Bay Bridge and Israel. Are you going to be siding with one of them too? I'm not. I'm going to stay away from them. And I'm going to go for one at a bigger price, uh, one of the outsiders of the field in Bellocchio for David Manuzia. He's a 25 to 1 best price available for him. He's got a 75% strike rate on an all weather surface and he's a winner over course and distance. I just think he's massively overpriced it. He only has three pounds to find with Candleford, who's an 11 to 2 chance. Uh, he's dropping back in trip to a mile and four, and I think he should be seen to better effect uh, over that distance. I think he's a great each way contender. Um, the problem is there's only seven runners in here, um, but I think I, I'd rather take a chance on Bellocchio. I, I think he could run very well. Okay, Bellocchio maybe could outrun his odds for Katie. I'm quite sweet on Israel here. I know he does have to give away a £5 penalty for winning uh, Group 2 at the Newmarket July Festival. But I just think this horse has been maybe under the limelight this year a little bit. Um, he, he, he beat Adia last time out when he deserved to get his head in front that day. The time before that, he finished second behind Quick Four, and that looks good for him, obviously, as he went on to win the Goodwood Cup and Haskell as well. He only just got beaten a short head by, and if she um, took another chance in the Ascot Gold Cup, I think she would have actually run uh, a big race. So I think he's been steadily improving. The Gosdoms hold him in really high regard. He's got a really nice pedigree as well. He's um, by Mu Hurrah out of Tegruda, so... Yeah, I think this horse is, could just have a little bit more improvement to come. Um, Baybridge is obviously probably the best horse he's faced so far. I think Baybridge, personally, is um, best over um, a mile and two. So, yeah, I'm going to side with Israel here. But, um, but yeah, it, it is a little bit of a trappy race. But, like I say, I think there's a, there's a bit more improvement to come from him. And he's going to be my selection 
in the race. We're now moving over to Leopardstown, where we're going to focus on the two Group 1s on the card. The first one of them is the 245, which is the Coolmore America Justifying Matron Stakes. It's a Group 1 for the Phillies and Mares. Tahira is your favourite at 10-11. Homer Songs then next in the betting at 9-1. Meditate at 10s, along with Zorinsk. Just Beautiful 12s, Rogue Millennium 16s, Jumbly 25s. Bigger are the rest. Katie Tahira. I've got to admit, I wasn't that impressed with her when she won at Royal Escort when she won the Coronation Stakes. I think she's a little bit too short here. Would you agree? Oh, I'm not sure about that, Chris. I love this filly. I think she's a class above the three-year-olds, definitely. Um, the only thing is she's taken on a few of the elders here that maybe give her a race. Um, but of the three-year-olds, she's by miles the best. Uh, I was a big fan of Meditate last season. I thought she was a class above in her division, but Tahira has been beating her comfortably. And first time Linkers go on to meditate here. Um, yeah, I can't see Tahira being beaten. I'd say she'll be around even money. Um, yeah, I think that's probably the right price for her. But it, it is quite a big field. There's 13 runners in here. There's some fillies that could go very well. I think with Homeless Songs, who is a top-class filly, won the Irish 2000 Guineas last year. She hasn't been seen much since she won that classic. And she's on a bit of a comeback trail, I'd say. Um, if she's at her best, she's probably she's going to give the hero a good run. But uh, I'd say she wants softer ground too. And I don't think there's much rain about at Leopardstown. So for me to hear her, she is the class of the field. She's the one to beat. I will give a quick mention to a horse that I thought was massively overpriced at 100 to 1. And that's Gozen for Michael O'Callaghan. She wears a first-time hood. Um, now, she has some decent juvenile form. She ran twice um, as a juvenile. She beat a subsequent Group 3 winner in Basil Martini before finishing second to Lumia Rock in a Group 3 at the Curragh. She may not have trained on as well as some of her other rivals, but I think she's quite unexposed at this level. She was seen once. Um, she was really keen last month. That was her reappearance, her only run as a three-year-old today. And I think she can be forgiven it completely because she had no chance. She was too keen, as I said. She showed plenty of greenness and she dropped to the back of the field and Colin Keane could barely uh, keep it together. And the first time her goes on here, I think that will settle her a bit better. And at 100 to 1, she's just one to maybe keep an eye on that she could well outrun her odds. And if she puts in a decent performance, she might be one to watch further down the line. Uh, but I'm all in with Tahira for the win. Okay, Tahira for Katie. Um, I really want to take her on. This race has thrown up a couple of big price winners in the last couple of years. We've had 25 to 1 shot, 16 to 1 shot with Pearls Galore. Last year, and I just think in a race of this nature, as Kate said, there's quite a few runners in it. You don't want to be taking a horse at that kind of price. I think there's a few here you can take her on with. I thought Rogue Millennium was interesting. Put a line for her last run in France. I think she'll cope better with the faster ground, and I think she's got some unfinished business over this kind of trip. So I think she's one I'd want to keep on side. Jumbly for um, Joseph O'Brien. If you actually look at the pedigree, 
by um, Glen Eagles out of Thistle Bird is bred for faster ground. I didn't think ran a bad race over at Saratoga last time out. This horse has had quite a light campaign this season, and arguably, I think this probably has been a, her big season target. Um, and they've just been been bringing her slowly along. She's twenty five to one. Christoph Sumion, but for the ride, I think she could give you a good run for your money, and even one at a bigger price. Uh, Ocean Jewel for Gary Carroll. And William McCreary, 66 to 1, uh, course winner. This horse, I think, won't mind the ground at all by Sioux Nation. And if this horse gets an easy lead, did um, win at this track over seven furlongs um, two starts ago. If this horse did get an easy lead, could just be a bit hard to peg back. Um, I've seen Leopardstown plenty of times over the years where it's, it sometimes pays to be handy on the front end. You get those traffic problems as they come up the hill. Uh, and you can get a few messy results and I just think Ocean Jewel could be one that maybe could fill the frame as well so I do think you've got quite a bit in here to take, to take on to here and um, for me I, I think I think she'll run well but I'm not convinced about her winning I think she's more likely to finish maybe third than, than, than win the race personally but um, Katie's going to stay with her and I'm going to take her on and I said you can take her on with a few probably Rogue Millennium and Jumbly would be my main two but uh, I think there's others that you could take her on with as well the The next race we're going to look at is arguably the, the best race of the weekend um, it's the Royal Bahrain Irish Champion Stakes the 320 at Leopardstown Group 1 over a mile and 2 King of Steel is your favourite at 11 to 4 we then got August Rodin at 7 to 2 Aphelia at 6 to 1 Nashua at 7s Onesto 8s our River 10s, Luxembourg 10s, Spreewell 50 to 1, and Point Lonsdale's the outsider at 100. Katie or Gus Rodan, ever since we went to the Derby, you've been in love with this horse. Are you tempted to forgive him after his uh, bad run in the King George? I do love this horse, but my heart belongs to Luxembourg, Chris. Uh, yeah, he's the one that, that I really like in here. But to be honest, I'm finding it really difficult to have a strong fancy in this race. I think the fact that August Rodin is running, you know, he's run two derbies this season. He was disappointing last time out. I think you probably have to forgive that run because he clearly wasn't right. There was something amiss. I think the fact that he's back out now and he's in this race is, it could be a tip in itself that Aidan O'Brien has that confidence in him and Ryan Moore's on board. Uh, Luxembourg won this race last year. This is a hotter contest, but... I'd like to think he could run well again. Uh, he is a horse that I have a lot of time for, and I, and I think he, he's criticised maybe too often um, because he is a top-quality horse. He's a handsome son of Camelot, whose progeny I always fall in love with. Um, and I, I just think he's having a bit of a hard time uh, from many fans. And he's around 10 to 1, which is a big price. You know, he's... He's a four-year-old. He has that experience, and crucially, is that uh, that has that experience in this race. Um, so I don't think he's one to rule out. But it's going to be interesting to see how King of Steel and Orgut Fredan get on. They're the three-year-olds in this field that I think everyone's keen to see who will beat who uh, this time around. When the pair met at some Orgut Fredan, he'd he'd had a prior run albeit uh, a disappointing one in, in the 2000 Guineas at Newmarket, it was King of Steel, he was quite raw, um, but he showed plenty of talent there, and, and he's really come on for that as well. He proved it was no fluke. Al Riffer is another interesting one in here for Joseph O'Brien. He was last seen finishing seconds at the Ace Impact. He was the favourite for the ARC next month. 
I just think you can make a case for so many of these. You know, Ernesto was a runner-up last year. As I said, I think it's a hotter contest this time around. So I don't think it'll be as close as he was last year. And Alfaila has been supplemented for the race. So I'm going around in circles a little bit, but uh, I'm struggling to, to find a strong fancy in it at the moment. Uh, I might change my mind, but uh, I think for now, I'd probably be going for Luxembourg each way. Um, but Alrifa too, 10 to 1, is, is very enticing. Yeah, Alrifa was one or two that I came down on here. We've not really seen him much this season, but I like the way he's been campaigns. Um, that second uh, over in France last time out, I don't think that was a bad run. And I think actually the drying ground might just suit him a little bit better. I think he showed a really good attitude that day. I have concerns about Auguste Rodin. Obviously, he could bounce back, and Aino Brown's got a good record in this race. But for me, I'd want to I want to take him on. King of Steel, I don't know, over this kind of trip. I, I, I prefer maybe over a mile and a half personally, but I just think he might find it a little bit too sharp. I thought Nashua was the other one uh, along with our river that I thought maybe could outrun our odds. I think it's interesting that they've decided to run her here instead of the matron stakes, which obviously is over uh, two, two furlongs uh, shorter than matrons over a mile, and this is a mile and two. But she ran an absolute blinder last time out in the international stakes behind Mustadaf. Mustadaf, I think, is a, is a horse that uh, we might maybe want to try and poke holes in. But he's done the business in two really good races this season. Yes, she does have to give away a little bit of weight to some of the three-year-olds. But Nashua, for me, quick ground over this kind of trip has to be taken very seriously. Um, Katie, I know there was something else you just wanted to add on this race. Yeah, just to to go back on your point with King of Steel, you say that he's probably more effective over a mile and a half, and I'd agree with you. He's a really big horse, um, and you know he beat Continuous, who looks every bit uh, the stayer at Ascot, and and then he ran very well over a mile and a half in the King George. Um, again in July, so I agree with you there. I think maybe. The trip is just slightly too short for him, and he and I think he's way too short in the market at eleven to four as well. Uh, August Rodin, he maybe will benefit from the drop in trip, um, but yeah, King of Steel, I think it it could well be too short for him. But for me too, Nashua, I much prefer her over a mile, so I I couldn't be having her in this. Okay, that's fair enough. I just think if they do run a good gallop, she just might have a good turn of foot, and I say connections. They, they, they seem to keep persevering her over this kind of trip. So maybe they know something we don't. Um, and they could have had the easier option to run her in the matron. So, yeah, who, who knows? Um, but Nashville, I think you've really got to take seriously. And I think she'll go fairly close. So, um, yeah, she's on my shortlist, certainly, for the race. So that's all the major races covered on Saturday. Of course, we'll probably head back there to our any other business section because there's many more races we could have talked about. But we're now moving over to Sunday where we're going to look at the card there um, for the, the Group 1s at the Curra. And the first race we're going to look at at the Curra is the Albasti Equiworld Dubai Flying Five Stakes over five furlongs. Should say that we don't have the declarations at the current time recording, but we should be able to weed our way through and see what's going to be running. So, um, Katie Highfield Princess maybe hasn't quite been at the heights of last season, but I thought she had a good chance here to get her head back in front. What did you think? She does have a good chance. But this is going to be a very competitive race again. And it seems that she's just finding one too good uh, too often. 
she'd be the one I, I'd side with here because I think she's a brilliant filly. She's a great sprinter. She's so much speed. Um, but you have to worry about her, really. There's so many in here that if they do run, that they could really pose a threat to her. We've Art Power here heading the field. He's a bit of a cover specialist. Um, so, you know, you, you know what to expect with him. He's going to run well there. And Brad Sell, too, if he takes his chance. I do want to side with Highfield Princess, but I just think at around six to four, she's a little bit, she can be a little bit vulnerable and she has been this season at this level. And so I probably wouldn't be having a bet on her in the race, but uh, I do think that if she's near her best, then she's the likeliest winner. Yeah, I probably agree with what you, what you say there. Um, I think she is the most likely winner. I think she'll reverse form, or she'll confirm the form again with Brad Sell from the Nunthorpe. Um, she's actually a pound better off this time out as uh, that wage for age allowance is decreasing as they get older throughout the year. But um, I think Brad Sell, I don't know, may, maybe Ascot is his track. Maybe he could be uh, awesome. Maybe steps back up in trip um, on Champions Day at Ascot. Who knows? But I, I wouldn't be with Brad Sell here. Art Powersley loves it over this course and distance. But for me, uh, I would want to take him on. Um, swing along, I thought was interesting if if she shows up here for for Carl Burke. But I just think there's not much really in here to take Highfield Princess on with. And I think thirteen to eight is a is a fair price. And yeah, it'd be interesting to see what price she goes on in the day. But for me, I think she's the most likely winner. And if she's that kind of price, I might have a, a saver on her. So that's the thoughts there. Uh, the three twenty five, we go to the Moigleth uh, Stud Stakes. It's a Group One for the Phillies. Yang Lang is um, your even money favourite. We've then got Vespertilio at six to one for Willie McCreary. Porter Fortuna at seven to one. Fallen Angel eights. Red Ver Verburnum at eights. Opera Singer tens. Bigger are the rest. Obviously, there's a few horses in here that my other engagements could turn up elsewhere, Katie. But Yang Lang, according to the better anyway, looks like she's going to be running here. Uh, what have you made of her so far? Yeah, she's looked pretty special, hasn't she? Uh, the best of the fillies that Aidan O'Brien has in, in this two-year-old prop at the moment. Uh, she's quite short for next year's 2,000 guineas at um, Newmarket as well. So, yeah, you'd expect that she's going to go and, and win this race. Um, and hopefully she will as well, because you know we want to see a good performance so we can look forward to those classics next year. Pearls and Rubies, I see, is around 50 to 1. So it's, I guess it's unlikely that she's going to be running because that does look a big price for her. But it's difficult to know with without the declarations as of yet because there's a lot of horses in here that uh, they could be decent each way chances um, because the favourite is so short. But uh, no, I think yeah, she'll win over course and distance. Yang Yang, she should, she should go and win this race. And it would be great to see her win convincingly. Yeah, I'll probably agree with you here. I've got no strong opinions. Probably have to see the, the full field before I, I make my final judgment. But I think Lang Lang, if she does turn up, is a pretty likely winner on paper. And, and yeah, it's probably going to take all the beating. We then move on to the four o'clock, the Goss Vince and O'Brien National Stakes. City of Troy is your favourite at four to seven. We've then got Bacano Forte at 11 to four for Adrian Murray. Diego Velasquez at 16. Henry Long fellow 16s, formal display 25s, along with Give Me the Beat Boys and Johannes Brahms, bigger are the rest. Katie, City of Troy, um, is he opposable? I wouldn't even be keen to oppose him. He's looked quite special so far. He's course and distance winner. He demolished uh, the field when he came over to England, beat a horse that I really like in Hartem 
quite easily at Newmarket and yeah he looks very special um it looks like Diego Velasquez is going to run on Saturday in the juvenile stakes group two on the card there and he's going to be very tough to beat uh I think Aidan O'Brien just is a bit sport for choice with his two-year-olds this year and City of Troy he he could really be the best of them so like I'm really excited to see him run again but I, I do really like Bucanero Fuerte uh, I put him up in the Phoenix stakes to be unquestionable and I thought it was a really good run from him uh, I'm not sure how good the form is going to turn out to be um, because unquestionable he was the second choice of Aidan O'Brien's to go there really it was because River Tiber had a bit of a setback but Still a really good performance by Bukanera Fuerte. He's an exciting colt. Uh, I think he'll be exciting as he steps up in trip as well. But I think it's difficult to see City of Troy being beaten here. So I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be too uh too keen to take him on. Okay. I would actually be quite keen to take him on. Just looking at this race and I found it hard to believe. But Aino Bryan actually hasn't won this race for a few years now, his last winner of the race was Churchill back in 2016. Charlie Appleby's obviously won it three times. His son Joseph has won it twice. And Jim Bolger had verbal dexterity in 2017. So, uh, yeah, Aidan Bryan is certainly due a winner. But I just thought that, that that run at Newmarket last time out, I'm just not sure how good that form is. Obviously, he did it very well. But Becca Nano Forte, if I can ever say his name correctly. I think he's definitely a worthy adversary. Um, he's actually rated one pound better on official ratings, under nineteen to City of Troy's one hundred and eighteen. Obviously, uh, City of Troy is a little bit more unexposed, but I think that that could count for a lot. Also, as well, there's a horse in there further down. I don't know if he's going to run. Islands in the stream uh, for Joseph O'Brien. Um, Bywin Bassett one is uh, maiden over course and distance quite nicely and he finished second behind Henry Longfellow last time out uh, in group two company in the futurity stakes he's by William Bassett who arguably appreciates better ground it was good to yield in last time out and I just think he'll prefer this quick surface he was actually taken out um, when he was going to run uh, at Leperstone in group three company when it was soft ground so maybe just that bit of cut in the ground last time out just did for him and he just wants a really fast surface I say Joseph O'Brien he's, he's won the race a couple of times in recent years with a couple of big prices I think Arifa was a double bigger price when he won this last year and uh, yeah Ireland's in the stream if, if, if he does take a chance I wouldn't be writing him off just yet he could easily be open to more progression and yeah he could be maybe a value um, or so he's maybe one to uh, to keep an eye on in the uh, Vincent O'Brien National Stakes. We're now going to take a look at our last race at the Curra, which is the 4.35. It's the Coma Group uh, International Irish St. Ledger uh, Group 1 over a mile and six. And this is where we're going to see the return of Kiprios. He's 5-2. We've then got Hamish, who was touched off in this race last year at 10-3. Eldar Adaroff at 4-1, along with... Emily Dickinson, Dawn Rise in 20s, Yash in 20s, Broom 25 to 1, Valent King is then the outsider of 25 to 1 as well. So, um, yeah, not many runners in this race, Katie, if they all line up. Eight currently in the declarations. Kiprios, um, he's 5 to 2. You'd, you'd probably make him a bit shorter, wouldn't you, if, if, if you thought Connections really fancied him? Um, he could be opposable first time out. I think he is opposable. Um, 
because I'm not sure that he'd be 100% ready for it. I'd say he'd need this run. If he's at his best, then he's definitely the one to beat. Um, you know, we've seen what he did last year. He was fantastic. But he's been off for a long time, you know, and he, I think he will come on a lot for this. Emily Dickinson, she's a filly that I really like. She put in a great performance at Royal Ascot. But I do think she won it a much softer than it is at the moment. So if we get a lot of rain, then she definitely comes into play. And round four to one, she's a decent price, but you are relying on, on the weather changing quite a bit. But I think she's by far the best of the rest in here. Um, so even if it is just a little bit on the softer side, then I'd say she has an excellent chance. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see who Ryan Moore will be riding because um, I think that will tell us a lot. You'd imagine he'd ride Kiprios, but again, if he's not quite ready for it, then he might possibly ride uh, Emily Dickinson. We'll have to wait and see. Elder Elderoff isn't really a horse I've taken too much, uh, so I wouldn't be backing him. Hamish, he went close last year in this race, didn't he? He was just touched off by Kiprios, but I'm not sure if he's quite up to the to the level of, of Kiprios and Emily Dickinson when they're at their best. So looking at it currently, I'd, I'd probably be going to take a chance on Emily Dickinson, but I would wait and see what the weather is like. She's as short as 13 to 8, some bookmakers I'm seeing, but she's as big as 4 to 1 elsewhere. Um, so a bit of conflicting interest there, but she'd be the one that I would be signing with. Okay, fair enough. It could be Emily Dickinson and if she takes her chance for Katie. I just thought Broom, he, 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 could, he could be a funny one. He could easily bounce back. Something that just uh, just jumped out at me when, when uh, looking for his form figures. I don't know if this is a true system, but the last two times he's finished fifth. He then won on his next start, and that is the last two times he won. He finished fifth prior to that. And last time out, what did he do? He finished fifth at the Evil meeting at York. So maybe maybe if we're playing on that system, 25 for one looks a, a big price. I don't know if he is going to run, but but he is the kind of horse that this this race, if the top top of the betting kind of collapse, he could be there to maybe pick up the pieces. Obviously, very in and out horse. But on his day, he is a class act. He beat Mostadaf in the Hardwick Stakes at Royal Ascot. He then beat Goodfield out in Maidan earlier in the year. Obviously, ran a bit of a stinker last time out, but who knows? Maybe if they ride him handy uh, on this better ground, like they did when he won in Hard Hardwick, then then maybe he could bounce back. But yeah, on on that system, uh, Broom could be an absolute good thing. So that's our thoughts then on the Irish Saint Ledger. Obviously, there's lots of other good racing taking part on Saturday and on Sunday as well. Katie, what else made your shortlist for the weekend? There's lots that, that we can mention. There's lots of good racing on, uh, you know, over in Ireland for Irish Champions Festival. In the first race on Saturday there at Leperstown, I quite like the chance to see the boss. Um, I thought he put in a very nice performance uh, on debut for Jessica Harrington at Tipperary last week. She was very impressive there. Daughter of See the Moon. Now she could well improve uh, in future and be one to look forward to next season. But I just like the way she won there. Um, and she'd be on my shortlist in that race. She's a nice price at around nine to one. 
as I mentioned earlier, with Diego Velasquez running in the juvenile stakes of Group 2. Now, he was a very expensive purchase for connections. Um, and we've only seen him once this season at the cover last month when he made light work of the opposition, winning by almost five lengths. So he's going to be very exciting uh, and definitely one to look forward to next season. And also later on in the card, I'll give a quick mention to one of my cliff horses in Ice Cold in Alex. Uh, he's running in the last race at, at, at Saturday. He's around 66 to 1. So there's plenty of value there. But he's carrying a very light weight of eight stone. He's a course and distance winner. And if he fancies it, I think he could outrun his odds, uh, the huge price that he currently is. So fingers crossed for Ice Cold in Alex. But there's so many to look out for across the cards. It's going to be a fantastic Saturday of racing, I'd imagine. Yeah, most certainly is. I just had a couple I wanted to mention. The first one of them... Uh, is going to be looking at the three o'clock at Haydock. Uh, Aztec Empire, this horse, oh my God, how the hell did he not win last time out of the Ebor meeting? He's well backed on the day, went off favourite for the two mile handicap there. And Oshin Murphy, uh, I don't want to be too harsh on him, but he didn't have his finest hour in the saddle. He ended up finishing second behind Forza Auto. I think if he got a clear run that day, he would have easily beaten him. They do reoppose in this race, but. I think £3 rise for finishing second last time out is actually quite fair. I think this horse could easily be a 100-plus horse um, next season um, and is really well handicapped. I think he'll go fairly close. He's 11-2. to I think he'll probably go off 3-1 to favourite. I think there'll be a lot of money around for him on the day. I think you can plan as well could run a good race. The last two runs have been really good. He finished fourth in the Ebor and signed for that. He finished third at uh, Glorious Goodwood. So I'd definitely uh, give him a positive mention. Um, there's another group race taking part at Kempton in the 3.25 with a horse uh, with, with the Serena Stakes. It's a group three uh, over six furlongs. Horse I like in this is uh, a raid for Andrew Bolden and PJ McDonald. Won really well, I thought, last time out at Newmarket. The form hasn't been... Um, badly shaken up uh robbo ran a good race today at haydock and even the third place horse didn't run too bad at ripon and uh, array was a really smart winner there he's got some fancy entries array he's in the middle park he's in the mill reef so if he was to win or run well at least at kempton on saturday he could easily line up in one of those races and then i just got one more i want to mention uh runs uh in the 310 at Levatsa Stakes, normally a good race over the years. Andrew Bolden's in, got runner in there. Charlie Appleby's got a runner, so is Rafe Beckett. But the one I like here is Gallant Lion for Safi Osborne and Tony Carroll. This horse has been a bit of an equine um, cash point of late. He's gone for the five-timer here. He was last seen winning in the racing league. He was raised three pounds for that win, but some of his other form stacks up really well. Um, and I think he could just have a little bit more to offer. He's by Roaring Lion, who likes the quicker ground. I think Tony Carroll could have a big Saturday winner, um, and he would be my uh, last selection to round off the shortlist. There's another one running at Leftist Town on Saturday that I thought you would have put on to, Chris, in the last. Oh, in the last? Carry the one for the Carry the one, I thought. Um, you'd have picked him up because I remember you put him up uh, a few weeks ago or maybe a couple of months ago now but 
He's one to watch, I think. He's 28 to 1 here. He has Wesley Joyce claiming seven pounds aboard, and I think that could make all of the difference. He's been running well in higher class races. He's a son of Lope de Vega. I think he's got a good chance here, a big price. Yeah, he could do. I've not even, to be fair, even looked at the undercard much uh, at Leopardstown, so it's something I, I need to get studying on. There's but... a few old favourites running in that race, the likes of Dak, Mersh, Ross Collin. Yeah, Rogue's Gallery, yeah. that's what we'll call them. <laughs> a few cliff horses in there. Yeah, it certainly are. So, uh, yeah, that's it then uh, for this episode of the podcast. Thanks again to Katie for giving up her time. Hopefully we've pointed you in the direction of a few winners. Enjoy the weekend's racing. Please remember to gamble responsibly. Subscribe to us on all the major podcast platforms. Follow us on socials where we're on Twitter and Instagram. And we'll be seeing you again soon.